morning, good evening, good night, wherever you are in the world. My name is Tiana, and I welcome back to another episode of From the Field to the Track. As usual, I am joined by my lovely co-host and best friend, Katie. Katie, how are you today? I am doing a lot better than yesterday. Um, I yes, am... tell us a bit about your journey yeah. over the weekend. I had gastro the entire weekend, and um, we were on holiday, so um, it was it was it was tough. But we are home mm-hmm. now. Um, I was awake for maybe twenty percent of the Grand Prix. I kept drifting in and out of sleep. So um, I've just told Tiana that I am just along for the ride today. Um, Tiana's going to tell me all about what happened this weekend because I have just been like completely switched off asleep. Um, so uh, yeah, it's been it's been a great weekend. I'm happy to be here today. Very excited. Tiana and I haven't filmed with each other in such a long time, so really looking forward. It's been to a fat second, hasn't it? And getting a little bit more regular with our um, with getting content out for you guys because we're both on holidays now. Tiana, how are you? How was your weekend? It's been good. You know, of all the Grand Prix you could have missed, you missed probably the most eventful. Like, of course, it had to be the only Grand Prix as well that was in, like, a reasonable time for, like, Australia and New Zealand as well, and you were just, like, dying. But that's why you have me to update you and everything and let you know what's going on, right? So, yeah, yeah, but other than that, my weekend was great. Didn't really do much. Haven't really been doing much. But ordered a lot of packages, ordered a lot of... um, people's presents shipping out a lot of people's presents so yeah I it is the best thing ever okay on to the more important stuff why you're all here not to listen to Katie and I rambling well you are but like not really okay so the Vegas Grand Prix what a ride the Vegas Grand Prix was actually not even the first ever Grand Prix it's actually the third Vegas Las Vegas Grand Prix, although Las Vegas hasn't held a Grand Prix since 1982, so it has been a while. And also, the last Grand Prix was in Caesars Palace parking lot and wasn't at the scale as Formula One is today. Well, we started off the weekend with actually, you know what, Katie, what do you know about the weekend? Let us know about what you know, like from FP1, really. I just know that it was chaos from mm-hmm. like right at the start to right at the beginning I saw so many hilarious videos and photos and stuff from the opening ceremony of them being like I don't know like raised up on these platforms and oh those were funny I just I just know that Max wasn't happy the entire weekend about being there there was a real cute moment between him and him and Charles I think like post FP1 or something there was like a real oh no it was the media yeah it was the it was the it was the media day on Thursday Oh, was it? Okay. Like, anyway, that was real cute. Like um, what other stuff? Oh, from FP1, um, there was a little bit of a cheeky issue and that cheeky caused the issue. floor of the Ferrari to kind of say goodnight. And, um, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of where that kind of set the tone for the rest of the weekend in terms of, like, how dramatic and just, like, yeah. you, you couldn't write what happened this weekend if you, like, mm-hmm. tried. And yeah. I think, yeah. So you tell yeah. us all about it, Tiana. That's fair. Okay. So I remember FP1. I was excited. I was hyped. I was like, oh my gosh, I am actually watching FP1. Like the only time this season I've actually watched FP1 besides the Las Vegas Grand Prix was when I was at the track for the Aussie GP. I haven't watched free practice since then because I just can't bring myself to wake up for only free practice, especially if it's at two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, absolutely not, not happening. So I was hyped. I was excited. I was literally texting Katie on my phone 
and I look up and it was all like going relatively well, although like we already expected a lot of people to struggle with um, warming up the tires because of the tire temp, because of the um, track temp being at 16 degrees, which it is normally at like 50 degrees. So, you know, it's a bit big difference between 50 and 16. So we knew that people would struggle to fire up the tires, but we knew that the Ferraris actually were very good at firing up the tires. Therefore, they were setting the fastest times. Um, and then 10 minutes into the running, we get a red flag. And I was like, Carlos Sainz has just stopped in the track. Don't really know what's happened. I was like, Ferrari is off to a stunning weekend. The car is already failing on them. Anyways, they red flag the race. Then they say the session will not be resumed. Everyone's a little bit confused, especially Natalie. Natalie Pinkham was in the um, commentary box for Sky Sports. And she was very, like, they were very confused. They were like, like, why are we not resuming the race? Anyways, then they go on to Carlos's onboard. And they hear this, like, noise whenever Carlos is coming down the straight on the strip. And he, and then essentially a note comes onto his, like, dashboard saying, like, stop the car, stop the car, retire the car. And then he obviously retired the car inside the road. So essentially, obviously, by now, if you don't know, um, so the Formula One cars create a lot of suction when they are going along doing what they need to do because they are just that close to the ground they do create a lot of suction and it did happen that the manhole covers and the drain covers in the track were getting loose because of the suction and because the drain covers were on the racing line obviously as time goes by if increased suction obviously the drain cover is going to come up so it just so happened to be um, Carlos Sainz's luck that the drain hole cover came up went through his floor I think through the engine and ruined the entire Ferrari Fred Vassour was not very happy about it in the team principal's press conference he essentially said that this had effed up our entire race um, and labeled this unacceptable because Ferrari essentially had one million dollars in damages due to that so obviously what weren't very happy and then that was just kind of the start of the chaos so you know Everyone was already, um, everyone was already a bit tense and on edge because obviously, only nine minutes of FP one. This is a brand new circuit. No one has ever raced on it before. Obviously, we've had like sim drive, like you can race on the sim, you can race in F one twenty twenty four. You, I mean twenty twenty three, but you you cannot get real life track experience like this. Like you, obviously, you know what I mean. So it was difficult for a lot of the drivers and a lot of the teams because they had. They had nothing to do, essentially, during the break from FP1 to FP2 because they had no data to analyze. They only had nine minutes of data to analyze. And the tires hadn't even come into, like, temperature at that point. You know what I mean? So it was difficult for them. So there was, like, tweets and stuff saying that a lot of the mechanics and a lot of the um, strategists and everything, everyone on the pit wall, were just going to the casinos because I literally saw videos of them in the casinos. And I was like, you know what? Fair enough. Like, I would do that, too. Like, Like, I'm sorry if fp1 was cancelled i've got nothing else to do and there's a solid like four hour gap and then they delayed fp2 as well so there was like a long time gap but yeah what were your thoughts of waking up to or like waking up or hearing about that so i i think i was driving when it was on right yes you were yeah yeah, yeah. i think i was i was driving and i arrived and i i like my texts from tiana were like okay it started like and you know she starts immediately giving me like commentating this and then oh Carlos is out the whole thing's being red flagged and I look at my phone and there's like all of these videos of like Esteban and Mick in in Esteban's driver room and Esteban just looks real tired like obviously it was they would that was just before the delayed FP2 was about to start 
And also, did you see? Did you see that photo? Did I see that too? That photo of um, uh, Robert, like that photo, of, and he looks real like tired. And he's like, and, oh yeah, no. Yeah, and then and they were like, apparently, apparently, a whole bunch of Ferraris, like pit crew, like weren't um, like was sick or something, and he was gonna have to like step up. Did I see? Oh, that? that was yeah, that was last. That was at Brazil. Apparently, a lot of the oh, Ferrari mechanics. Why did I not? Yeah, see yeah, yeah. It? Yeah, from Brazil, oh, yeah. a lot of the Ferrari mechanics got sick, and then so they were like, "Oh, d- d- Robert's gonna have to step in here." It's or like it was in Mexico. I can't remember, but it was quite funny. Anyway, so but funny. yeah. So and then and then I just saw all these like memes about like um, all the memes of how they were gonna like fix the drain covers, and it's like the ones from Five Minute Crafts where it's like <laughs> straw and like Elmer's glue. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, yeah!" Like immediately, people started making memes about it, like which was gonna be the whole entire thing. And then there was all those like influencers that obviously got invited along, like making these posts about how like the race the race was done after ten minutes, and it was. Just, oh, my was favorite just, was Chris was Olsen. Peak. Yeah, I love Chris Olsen so like, much, but he's, he's like, like, so how do you funny. Know? How do you know he's like I'm gay? <laughs> it's like being gay in a Formula One fan. How do you know which ones are hot ones if they're all wearing helmets? Like that was my that was a peak TikTok. Like it was quite funny, but yeah. So yes, yeah, so I one hot mess express is what I've been labeling it as recently because it was it was well and truly a hot mess express. Um, yeah, and what what we do need to do is send out some condolences and really shout out the fans at the Vegas track on Thursday, especially people who only bought passes for Thursday because they deserve a round of applause because like Max Verstappen, what he said was right. If I was an F1 fan and I got to the track, I this is the most anticipated event in Formula One in sporting in a sporting in America for quite a while. Like if mm-hmm. I got to the track, I only got to watch nine minutes of racing and then nothing yeah. else and get was mm-hmm. given a... Um, like a $200 voucher for the F1 store, I would not be happy. Those tickets costed at least, if they bought them at the start when they went on sale, they cost them at least $1,000. Like this, like that is not good compensation. So bad. So yeah, that was not, that was not the vibe. I I don't agree with that. And that was just the first session. This, that, yeah, that was just the first session. And I think, A lot of the people when I was watching, obviously, because Fox Sports takes Sky Sports like stream. So I was watching, obviously, Sky Sports. And a lot of them, what they were saying was true. Like, although we don't want to judge a Grand Prix until it's actually done. And although in the end, Vegas did provide us with great racing. The Thursday was an absolute embarrassment for Formula One. Because at the end of the day, if you are going to not check the track completely and make sure that it's completely safe for drivers and putting them at risk of that, like... God forbid if that actually if that manhole cover had gone any further up, it could have like broken through his floor and actually hit Carlos Sainz. Oh, like know. that is not that is place like these drivers was, risk their was, lives. There was a you couple go. of incidents where it was like obviously mm-hmm. like Lando had that pretty which we're gonna get to. Lando had that pretty yeah. bad smash. And then Carlos had that. It was just like you know, those little reminders that it's not just a couple cars going around a track, like Stuff can go yeah. wrong so quickly, and yeah. So I, I yeah, always serves and at as the, a reminder. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, look, I was watching the press conferences with the t- team principals, which was like Fred Vasseur, Toto Wolff, uh, Zach Brown, and James Vowles. And essentially, they Dave all, Brown, s- of course, the team principal. So yeah, he's not the team principal. I was like, where's just, Andreas he just Stella? Goes to the, to look, the press conferences. I'm like, where's so Andreas funny. Stella, at, man? 
Yeah, it's so funny. But yeah, so I was watching or team representatives, as we'll call them. Um, You know, I was watching that and they all kind of agreed. I don't think they wanted to really badmouth the circuit, whereas Max Verstappen was willing to badmouth the circuit. They all believed it wasn't a fact of like cutting corners. It was just a fact of um, Formula One cars do inevitably have a lot of suction and it was inevitably going to happen. But at the end of the day, if you know that Formula One cars create a lot of suction, shouldn't you put in measures to stop, like, like permanently stop that from happening? You know what I mean? Anyways, moving on from FP1 because that, like, FP1 was ridiculous. Anyways, FP2 was pretty chill. Nothing really of importance happened. As I did predict, the Williams were slaying so hard. I did, I did have a hunch because we've seen the straight line speed on the Williams, obviously through Alex Albon's performances, and I just thought. Look, Vegas has a lot of straights and the DRS seems very powerful. And from the little time that we did have an FP1, it did seem pretty powerful, especially the toe as well. It was quite um, like you could get a good advantage if you actually use it properly. And if you had good straight line speed in your car, obviously Williams did capitalize on it. They were slaying. Always have got good straight line speed, don't they? That Williams. Always, always. That Williams. He's a rocket in a straight now- line. <laughs> use our rocket okay moving on to qualifying everyone's favorite part must be said i did miss qualifying um because i was at a party rip party occasions she did not but i wrote some detailed notes from what i did get katie do you want to take us away from what you know i can't really remember i can i (laughs) no no i can remember i i just tuned into the end of q1 and i was like Mm -hmm. what is going on like my first thought was these Williams are just in another league, which, as you said, we all knew was going to happen. But I was like, it's usually just Alex and Logan will be like the the top end of out of the you know like driver at risk, like in the end of Q one. But he was like comfortably mm-hmm. up there, and I was he was like, like comfortably P three for a while. It's crazy. Yeah, he was he was loving it, and um and then I just saw that the two little the two little orange cars, um. And the boys were out of their cars and I was like, oh, um, yeah, that's tough for McLaren. Um, so, yeah, that was the start of a pretty – well, not really a start, but the first kind of result that was like, oh, okay, McLaren are not having a good weekend. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was Q1. Lovely. My mic has stopped working. No, it's still working. Hold on. Okay. Now you can hear me, right? Sorry. My AirPods disconnected yeah. for some strange reason. Okay. Yeah. So moving on to Q1. I've got to cut that out now. Lovely. <sighs> another day, another sleigh. Okay. Q1. Q1, as Katie said, it marked the beginning of misery for McLaren fans, obviously, over the Vegas Grand Prix weekend. We all know what happened to Lando in the end. But Lando and Oscar qualified P16 and P19, respectively. Um, eventually they were moved up to p15 p18 due to penalties there was no real reason behind the mclaren well the real reason behind the mclaren um performances weren't wasn't because of the speed of the car actually oscar and lando and zach all said that the pace of the car was quite strong and obviously they did they did think when they were coming to this track that they weren't going to succeed because there was a lot of slow corners and it was just kind of a fluke in their minds that they did well in the slow corner track such as coda so yeah, um, but yeah, their reason was really just low grip on the tires, 
obviously low tire temp it's going to do that to you and graining was a huge issue that we saw over the weekend um Lance Stroll also got a five place grid penalty for impeding during Q1 so he dropped down to P19 even though he made it to Q2 moving on to Q2 it was a shocking experience actually to like cultural experience when I turned on Q3 in the last few minutes and I just saw both Williams's but no Hamilton and no Sergio Perez so obviously me yeah. being me I was like this is the first time in a very long time we have seen Lewis Hamilton in a Mercedes and Sergio Perez in a Red Bull being out qualified by both of the both of the Williams like obviously we know that Alex Albon puts in consistently good qualifying performances but to be outperformed by both of the Williamses especially a rookie at a brand new track it was crazy for me it was just like a cultural shock so yeah it was also obviously a shock that both um Sergio Perez and Lewis Hamilton were out in Q2 but once again just had to do with the tires they couldn't go much faster Lewis Hamilton literally said on the radio I couldn't go any faster. It was just yeah. the fact that the tires weren't into temperature, which actually then provided us with a very good sn- like snapshot into what the race would be like because we all knew that everyone was going to struggle for tire temp, but we never knew the real extent of it. So we were all pretty hyped for the weekend ahead. Now, moving on to Q3. I wrote. I literally wrote down in the notes, Williams came to slay. They were not playing around. They were like... I saw the speech that James Vowles gave, like, the entire Williams team after the Brazilian Grand Prix, and Williams did not come to play. They took that speech so literally with Logan Sargent and um, Alex Albon qualifying P6 and P7, ultimately moving up to P5 and P6, which is insane because you have a Williams in the top five, but you don't have a McLaren in the top five you know what I mean like that that was yeah and like you know it was just out of my mind it was just so crazy I struggled to like yeah like come to terms with that in my mind anyways Charles took pole everyone really was hoping that you know Charles would break this curse of scoring pole and Max winning he's got the one lap speed but he doesn't have the like you know what I love to see so what do you love to see pictures of him and Patrick Dempsey holding the like the the poll. Um, yes, 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 yes. And literally all the comments are the sexiest man alive in Patrick, De- <laughs> Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> it's so so funny. I love, I love like the F1 memes and everything because they're always so funny. And I, you know that video, I think it's from like a couple, it might have been, I don't know where it's from, but of, of Charles meeting Patrick for the first time and he like goes to like shake his hand then realizes it's him and goes, like oh yeah 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 I saw that I saw that it was so funny oh he's such a like I just felt like an adorable human being yeah um I think I think both both Carlos and Charles this weekend were very like Carlos and Charles like they had some yes Carlos and Charles moments this weekend they did they did speaking of Carlos Carlos qualified P2 and it was looking good because we were going to have a Ferrari front row lockout until everyone really remembered that Carlos Sainz has a 10 place grid penalty so the 10 place grid penalty came about because obviously Carlos Sainz had to replace his entire engine and floor because obviously the drain cover hit through his drain oh he hit through his engine and floor damaged it all there was no way he could run that he had to change it obviously this was no fault of Carlos's by himself he didn't crash into anything he was just doing what he normally does anyways so essentially Ferrari appealed it and said look FIA this was not our fault like, this wasn't our fault, like, how 
are we supposed to take a 10-place grid penalty? You're telling me I'm going to take a 10-place grid penalty for something that wasn't my fault because, obviously, he's gone outside of the pool of engines that he is allowed to have. Anyways, the F1, the FIA essentially said, sorry, we can't stri- we can't bend the rules. We have to um, we have to penalise you. Anyways, Carlos Sainz was pretty mad about it the entire weekend. So instead of starting P2, he started P12. And that ultimately meant Mr. Max Verstappen started P2 alongside Charles Leclerc. Before we get onto that, I do want to say one more thing. Pierre Gasly slayed the house boots down in qualifying. A P4 qualifying, or P, no, P5 qualifying, I think it was, and then he moved up to P4 because of the penalty. That In an Alpine that has not looked like scoring points in the last few races is absolutely crazy to me. So, honourable mention to Pierre Gasly. Now on to the main event, the thing everyone came for. I actually really enjoyed the Vegas Grand Prix. Like, the actual racing itself, it was top-tier racing. One of the most exciting races that we've seen. Even though Max won, we did see we did see something that we haven't seen this year, which was multiple changes for the lead. You know, we don't see that very often, especially in this era of Formula 1, when Max Verstappen mm-hmm. is completely dominating. And we saw... Like three changes for the lead, obviously between Charles, and then, Carlos, and then like, Charles. Yeah, you and then like someone Sorry. taking the lead, and then like Charles being able to like stay on his tail, and then like go for it again and stuff like that. Like it was, yeah, it was, it was back and forth, and I think that was like that's exciting when it's exciting out the front, and we've really only had excitement, you know, even in the midfield. Like, yeah, and like outside of the points, you know, like we've been watching overtakes and like for like 16th and stuff and yeah sometimes yeah. they're like cool to watch but it's also like these aren't getting like like you know like everyone will say that this season of formula one although max Verstappen has been winning it was interesting because we had such a close midfield battle and i will agree with that i will agree like we had one of the closest midfield battles i've seen in a while like literally aston martin and mclaren are separated by 11 points oh. in the championships going into abu dhabi it's crazy like but at the end of the day, no one. No, at the end of the day, it's kind of like you're not focusing on the leader because the leader is like thirty seconds out or fifteen seconds in front. So there's nothing really to focus on. And the worst part is like when Max Verstappen crosses the line. Obviously, they have to show Max Verstappen crossing the line. But then we miss like the battles that we've been following the entire time. So it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. So like we had all that build up, and then they passed. They eventually passed them, and we're like, great, we missed that because we were watching Max Verstappen cross the line for what the nineteenth time this season. Like, absolutely not. Anyways, on to the race. What else happened? Lap one, turn one, the incident, as we will be calling it from now on. Um, it was carnage. It was really carnage into turn one. Fernando Alonso, he had no tire temperature. He just slid. Literally, instead of going like this, he went like this. Obviously, did some, like, Turkey 2020, like, Valtteri Bottas style. Or 2021, I can't remember. And just, like, did Bottas bowling. And actually, ironically, took out Bottas. So that was quite funny. Um, Yeah, so they had to take out the VSC because there was a lot of debris on the track. They need to make sure it was all clear because it was on the racing line. And Max Verstappen ended up taking the lead from Charles Leclerc, even though he had pushed him off the track. Charles Leclerc and Ferrari were obviously not happy about this because it seemed pure as day that Max Verstappen had pushed him off off the track and and obviously gained an unfair advantage. The stewards took about seven laps to make the decision and I could make it at home in about one replay. So get me in the FIA is what I say. Took seven laps. By that time, obviously... 
no one um like they can't ask like him to give back the position but even though in my opinion they should have asked him to give back the position before they gave him the five second time penalty because it just seemed pointless to me because we all just thought that Manchester Stappen was going to take the five seconds and just like make a five second gap and then go and pit and it would be absolutely fine because nothing would be different you know what I mean but it actually didn't end up like that but in between all of that obviously we do need to speak about the lap seven incident with Lando Norris so there was apparently a bump in the track so the track has obviously not been the safest thing as we've obviously covered already track is not the safest thing there was a bump in the track and Lando happened to go over said bump in the track lost his rear of the car and obviously couldn't get it back so he was just sitting back essentially to getting smashed into the wall essentially because he had no tire grip and he had lost the rear end of the car so there was no way of him getting it back so he high force hit the barriers into turn 11 almost took out oscar piastri with him which would have been um not fun at all for mclaren fans eg me because i would have been so emo more than i was but yes he was okay he did come out of the car he was walking around fine they did send him to the hospital for precautionary checks and he is fine now so that is all well and good but that brought out the safety car and obviously you know safety cars are very spicy especially now um under the safety car everyone made their cheap pit stops so i think checo everyone who was starting at the back of the field really they made their cheap pit stops so like checo and all of them and i don't think max didn't make his pit stop but a lot of people made up their pit stops so checo george and piastri um if all those wondering about logan Sargent and williams although they did not slay in the race. They slayed in qualifying. They did not slay in the race. Their tires picked up a lot of graining through the opening stages of the race, um, especially Logan Sargent. His tires appeared to fall off apparently during lap six of the race, and he tumbled from sixth, ironically, to the t- to the bottom end of the top ten, and then eventually out of the points. I don't think he actually scored points in the end of the race. I don't think any of the Williams scored points, so it was quite disappointing for Williams. But at the end of the day. There's not much they could do about it. They like Alex Albon said in his pre-race interview that this would be a this would be a um, matter of saving your tires and not graining your tires. And if you grain your tires, you're kind of game over. And obviously, both Williams did grain their tires. A lot of nonsense. A lot of nonsense just kind of happened in the midfield. Oh, oh, similarly to Logan, Verstappen's tires fell off during lap 16, and so he had to pit. So obviously, Charles got the lead. He had to serve his five-second time penalty. Came around, came out to like towards the bottom, but obviously everyone above him hadn't pitted yet. Anyways, then Leclerc did what he does. He was making up a good lead, doing his best Max, Max Verstappen impression. He pulled a thirteen-second gap. He did it. He he pitted around lap twenty-four, and then came out of like P three. So it wasn't that bad because he only lost a place to Checo and a place to Lance Stroll. And then lap twenty-four spicy lap this was contact on turn 14 which was a very popular overtaking spot between george russell and max verstappen so essentially max verstappen has gone i'm gonna overtake you and george russell was like i didn't see you there so then turned in on him and then made damage to his own car obviously there was a lot of debris on the track because he just absolutely destroyed his car so it was crazy so they had to bring out this full safety car which then essentially messed up charles's race from there because ferrari was sold on the idea of a one-stop race you could tell in the post post race like car debrief that um charles had only ever known about a one-stopper 
well, everyone else was on a two-stop strategy. So when shot, when like Max and Checo were talking about stopping twice, especially after the safety car, Charles kind of looked at them like, what? You guys stopped twice? Like, I only, like, like, he was so confused. And then he realized that he had just been messed up astronomically, as per usual from Ferrari. Um, yeah, so then Russell got a five-second time penalty for that, which was added to his time because he didn't pit again after that. Everyone really pitted under it. Charles's Charles's um at the ed- Charles's radio at the end of the safety car essentially said, "I almost lost the rears." And you see the um, replay; he's like lost the car because there was no tire temperature. Um, Perez then overtook him during a lap thirty-two of the race, and then he- Checo made a mistake. Charles overtook him. Then, just as you thought, things couldn't get worse for poor Checo Perez. His teammate, Max Verstappen, comes blaring down the straight of the Vegas Strip and overtakes him. Then he overtakes Charles because, obviously, straight line speed of a Red Bull is quicker than straight line speed of a Ferrari. So, amazing. Um, Elsewhere in the race, obviously, Max Verstappen goes on to win. The entire last lap of the race was crazy. Poor Checo has been dogged of a a podium place in the last two races on the last lap. So poor guy, but it has like given us good racing. So, you know, it is what it is. The um, Alpine debrief, though, that would have been spicy. Did you see what happened between Esteban and Pierre? I did. Very spicy, that one. We already know as Formula One fans that they are not the fondest of each other. They don't really like each other. You know, not that they've publicly said it before, but we kind of get the gist from cropping the Instagram, cropping out of photos and, you know, just just kind of get the hunch that they don't really like each other. Whatever. Anyways, so Esti Vesti essentially ignored the radio message he got to hold position and overtook his teammate Pierre. That kind of unraveled Pierre Gasly's race. He ended up dropping from 6th to 10th, or 9th actually. He finished 9th in the end. So he had potential to finish in the top 5, and he could not because of his teammate. So that was amazing. Um, Yeah. So my... um. That's kind of the race, kind of everything that happened in the race. My outs. Anyways, that's everything that happened with Las Vegas. I really hope we do see Las Vegas again. Obviously, we will be seeing it for the next five years, although no one really, not, not, not many fans were really excited about it. I just think that everything aside from what happened on the Sunday, everything else besides that, like if we wipe out our memories and don't remember anything from Thursday to Saturday, and everything that happened on Sunday was fine. Like, I just think we got good racing, and that's all we can ask for, really. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of the drivers were really happy. And they also ultimately enjoyed the Las Vegas Grand Prix. So, Vegas, we will be seeing you next year. Yeah. But now, on to something I, that Katie can actually funny. talk about. Funny. Yes, go. Go, Tess, go say it. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to say that it was so funny that they had the cool-down limo. And um, I like tuned back in. I woke back up again, and it was just like the three of them, and they all looked like they were racing for Ferrari in their like um, red and white suits, and they yeah. were like, sitting there in the limo. And um, like the 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 guy who was going to be on the um, I don't know who he was. Um, the re- the extra rebel guy was going to be on the podium for winning. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he was like he was like and he was like a tire engineer or something. Anyway, he um he was like in the limo and then he had to get out again. And then like Max was like man spreading in the front seat or in the middle seat. I mean, it was, it was so funny. And they were like, it was just such an error. 
it was it was and it was so like Las Vegas, and then they had that big like light and water show. Oh, it was so funny. But um, yeah, I think I think the like the show that Las Vegas was was very like good American. You know what I mean? Yeah, American. Yeah, and um, and that was reflected by like probably the American fans probably liked it. I don't know, but um, I'm not an American fan. Thank God for that. Right. I am not. Anyway. Can confirm. What's next? It's time the for the final thing. show. It's time. Welcome to the final show. I hope you're wearing your best clothes. Little Harry Styles reference. Okay. The final show. Abu Dhabi 2023. It is where we say goodbye, farewell to the 2023 season of Formula One and Formula Two. What a wild ride it has been. Look, let's start off with Formula, t- Formula One. Um, okay. okay. Sounds good. What are we most start. yeah, what are we most looking forward to saying goodbye to this year? Ferrari's car? Yep, the SF23 has been a shocker. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I just, I, I just feel like there's so many teams who just need to come back and have like a consistent a car mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Bahrain to Abu Dhabi. Like Aston Martin started so good and now they're terrible. McLaren started pretty low and now they're like they've kind of had a good second half so Mm -hmm. i just i think those teams just need to go back for the summer and do what they need to do to get a good car for bahrain that they went to stay a good car and then you know we we just need a reliable we just need some reliable cars and Um, we need an unreliable rv red bull for next year so if that can happen but, and I also like we don't know who's driving in the in the second Williams seat yet. Like, I I am like a hundred percent sure it's gonna be Le- oh, like yeah. a, um Logan <laughs> Liam. I'm no, not Liam Logan. I feel like James Valls has already confirmed this like several times. He's been asked like who's gonna be your driver next year, and he's always said Logan Sargent. So I just don't yeah. know why they haven't announced it because I know that well, Logan's I was expecting him to do it in Vegas. I was yeah, like a home race kind of thing. Like, like yeah. But I don't know what they're doing because they don't even have like a junior. Well, the only junior they really have is Frederick Vesti, which we we can get on to next. Anyways, we can um, okay. Give me your predictions for the top five of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Okay, sis lagged. Um, uh, okay, so P one Max Verstappen. Mm-hmm. Like, I just yep. feel like. Just go safe, you know? Um, Better safe than sorry. Chico Perez, I reckon. Just, we we need him to just so he gets. We need him to have a good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just have a clean weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the old Lewis Hamilton might be ready to like. You reckon? Slay. Slay. I don't think I don't think P three. I don't think P three. Mm-hmm. I think Maybe I P4. think we might have McLaren. I think we might have a McLaren on the podium. I think it will be Oscar though for some reason. I feel Oscar. like Oscar's Oscar yeah. finishing. I think Oscar deserves rookie season. Think, yeah. Um. Then Lewis and then George, I guess, or or Lewis. I mean, I just said Lewis. Yeah. Um. George <laughs> or maybe a Ferrari. I don't know. I don't know. That's a pretty slay top five. Um, I don't know. Okay, so what here's my top five? top five. My top five. Okay, here's the top five. I'm going delusional because if I'm not delusional, I'm nothing. So, Lennon Norris P1. Max Verstappen P2. Actually, no, not Max Verstappen P2 because if Max Verstappen is P2, that 
that means that Lando's not winning. So that that I'm just having a hypothesis that someone takes out Max. So Max isn't gonna be in my top five. A hypothesis. Um, I'm gonna have a hypothesis that someone's gonna take him out. So Lando Norris, Sergio Perez, Oscar Piastri, Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz. Oh, Spicy top five. Top five my that is a delusional top five. We are going delusional to the core. Um, but yeah, I also really hope that it's a good race. Obviously, it's no one's last season. The gr- the grid is staying the same, obviously. Whereas last it's year so we funny, had eh? like it's not just gonna be like someone just doing like donuts. Like oh, my last year one race event is just like oh okay. So we're all doing year. donuts now. Like you know what I mean? It's like it, like it's it's like the end of like year eleven or something. Like everyone's like oh we'll be back next year. Like see you guys soon. Have a good summer. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so, always so funny to me because it's like. Oh, like, like, especially like this time last year, we were saying goodbye to Mick, we were saying goodbye to Latifi, Schumacher, uh, who else? Did I say Seb? And Seb. You didn't say Seb, which was I thought I the said, most important one. I thought I said Seb first, but maybe I said Mick first. Anyways. You, see, you um, said Mick and then you said Schumacher. So yeah. Yeah, maybe I, both. yeah, anyways. So yeah, it was crazy anyway. to, it's crazy to me. Anyways, hope that it's a good race. I really want to see a good race and not Max is stopping in it. The, the, oh. Max Verstappen dominating as per usual because that would be my villain origin story. Not that I'm already in my villain origin era because all my faves have had atrocious weekends. Anyways, yeah. on to something that makes me really, really sad, but we have to talk about it. It is the final Formula 2 race of the 2023 season. And with that, it means it is the final race for Clement Novelak. I have known about this for a while. I've tried to live in delusion for a while. But I'm also glad that I've known about it for a while because I've just come to terms with it. And then when he just dropped it in a Screaming Meals episode, I was like, you know what? I've had my time to grieve. I've had my time to cry. It's okay. I'm fine. I'm at peace. But alongside Clement Novelak, there have been a lot of other drivers who are confirming that they are not doing Formula 2 next year. These are only the drivers that have confirmed it. Don't come for me. If I missed anyone or if I've said it wrong, or sorry. Or if something happens between now or and then s- and more drivers yeah, if something, decide. Yeah, they don't want to race. But it's, I also, have... it's also too important to note there's a whole bunch of drivers that aren't going to be Red Bull backed next year. So that's yeah. going to change up the way the, the grid looks as well. But go ahead, Tiana, who's not coming back And it's year? it's it's hard because I know a lot of the – I have a hunch that a lot of the drivers on the current Formula 2 grid – aren't going to be there next year. Just logistically, I just don't think it'll work. But these are the drivers who have confirmed it. Jack Dewan, Frederick Vesti, Theo Pocher, and Clement Overlack. Obviously, all four of them have had brilliant and outstanding junior motorsport careers. And obviously, Jack Dewan, Frederick Vesti, and Theo Pocher, they are all backed by um, Formula 1 teams, respectively. And yeah, although we do... I think that there are four drivers who have, like, solid fan bases as well mm-hmm. like they are mm-hmm. like that they've been in the sport for such a long time that they have like people who will follow them to wherever they're going um we don't yeah, yeah, know yeah. any of them are going at the moment do we what did you say sorry do. we don't know where any of them are going next year um so jack i'm not sure i think he said something about work not sure. Okay. There are rumors floating around that Clem is going to WEC as well. Teo Porsche, not a clue. Probably just going to be the reserve driver for um, Sauber oh, next yeah, year because Sauber's because yeah. um, Alfa Romeo is not going to be Alfa Romeo anymore. It's going to be Sauber. So cool. it's crazy to me. And then but obviously, be cool to have a look at. 
Yeah, that would be that would be a sick one. You know what's crazy to me as well? It just feels like literally two months ago I was looking at the the like the liveries for this year's cars. Oh, and no. now it's the end of the it's season. Crazy. Hey, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyways, so general thoughts on the F2 weekend. Obviously, the championship is yet to be crowned, although it does look very highly likely that it is going to go to um, Frederick, uh, no, Teo Poche, unless unless Teo Poche has an absolutely shocking weekend. Does he just need to, like, finish both races? Yeah, I think he just needs to finish both races in the points. And points, qualify yeah. on pole. No, if, if Fred qualifies on pole, he gets two points. So he has to qualify on pole as well. So and not have a shocker. <laughs> like <laughs> win it on pole. That's what that's what Bordaletto did, which is crazy to me. But anyways, I genuinely yeah. think this Formula Two season has been crazy. We have okay. seen majority of the teams. I think the only team we have not seen on the group, on the podium has been PHM. But PHM have also scored no points in Formula so, Two. In Formula Two, so like we've seen every other team on the podium. So it's been a crazy season. And to think about the amount of drivers who have won, like we've seen not only the title contenders and like your like Ollie Behrman's, your all of like you, we haven't yeah. just seen like Ollie Behrman, Frederick Vesti, Jack Dewan. Tay Porsche win. We've also seen like unexpected winners, such as like Clem and stuff. Like that was those yeah. are like masterclasses in themselves, and they do we do want to like, like acknowledge them. In classic F two weekends, like yes, oh been, I love classic. From from race to race, it's been crazy. Where like the sprint race looks complete, like the podium and 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 the point scorers in the sprint race are completely different to the race. It's just it's been some real classic um, F two. And also a great F3 season. And um, we're going to get into, like, debriefing that whole thing in another episode, aren't we, Tiana? Very Cause, soon. Yeah. Because that was – it's an intense thing. Episode. Um, but, yeah, yeah, so I really hope – look, this – although we've had a semi-boring, if you will, season of Formula 1, everything that made everything that's happened in Formula 2 and Formula 3 has kind of made up for it. And if you don't watch F2 and F3, I really recommend doing it. Like, it's on the majority – most like- of – Get, yeah, get on that bandwagon because it is one of the best bandwagons that you will hop on in your life because it is so enjoyable and it's so um, like refreshing to see these drivers who are like essentially the same age as us and yeah. they are the next big thing. They are the next Formula One stars. They are the Formula One stars of the future. You are watching greatness being made like right in front of you and the best part about it is like you can say, like for us, we can say that we watched Logan Sargent race in Formula Two and for like formula two when he before he got into formula one we knew about obviously a lot of people will know about them before they get into formula one because it's not gonna be nobody yeah. to make their way into formula and one they're often backed by yeah often backed by so yeah. it's it's crazy it's crazy to me but anyways who do yeah. ultimately i think we've spoken about this but we just think that Terry porsche is gonna claim the title a eh? yeah i i think so I think so too. I just think he cool. needs to not stop, like, just not have a shocker, and he'll be I love he'll be Travis sweet. Scott. Not have a shocker. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think also he does need to be said. Frederick Vesti has had an outstanding Formula Two season this season, and it is so yeah. unlucky and so 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 unfair to him. His luck, like the fact that the, he, there has been so many races which. Like, he's DNF'd for things that have not been his fault. Like, the tyres not being on properly. 
like oh, spinning yeah. out and all of that stuff, like getting crashed into, getting impeded, all of this stuff. Like there's yeah. so many things that have happened to Paul. Like obviously you could say the same for Fred and you could say the same for really any Formula 2 driver because Formula 2 is chaos. So you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, Fred, yeah. like it sucks for him, but I know at the end of the day, he does have a good position being in the Mercedes like driver academy because he's also obviously he can go to Williams. So and he can go to McLaren if he really wanted to. So, you know, at the end of the day, he's in safe hands. And I do think that we will see him on the grid very, very soon. And hopefully we see him alongside Oscar and uh, Oscar and Logan so we can get our Prema F3 duo, a trio back together because that would be absolutely iconic. But Katie, give me your sprint race. Actually, no, we won't do sprint race. We'll do feature race. What's your feature race prediction? Top three. Oh, top three? <laughs> yeah, top three. Um, okay, so I would, I would really like, um, what's his name, Teo to win mm-hmm. so that he gets his like, you know, you know, he gets his big moment. I feel like yeah, it's so yeah. funny when they like don't get a podium and they've won the, like they've won the championship. It's like, oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. funny. Um, I think, I think there'll be one of the two primers up there with him. I'm okay. Sorry. Um, I'm saying, I think there'll definitely be a primer up there with him. Um, <laughs> And whether that be Fred or Ollie, I don't know. But let's just chuck Fred in there too. Um, and surely Jack Dillon gets a podium on his last if. I have two races. That actually two makes race. me so, so, so sad because I went from having, like, although we will still have Australians on the grid, obviously. Actually, I actually don't think there will be any Australians in the Formula 2 grid next year. Not on the Formula 2 grid. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, I mean. Will there be any on the Formula 3? Yeah. Christian, surely. Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. He's British. He's British. You know what? Christian Mansell. This is going on TikTok. Hold on. This is the thing I'm clipping for TikTok. Christian Mansell, you and I, we have beef because you're British all of a sudden. Like, why are you British? Like, you're Australian. You have, like, Christian Mansfield, you and I, we are in intense beef. You just don't know it. You need to change a racing license to an Australian racing license because I know that you're an Australian. But what if some random, like, obviously, when he starts speaking, it's very evident that he is Australian. But for someone who's just getting into Formula One and they like, oh, he's British. I'm going to support him. And then he starts opening his mouth and he's Australian. Like, that's so misleading. And obviously, yeah. I do know if, that if you, like, fans, racing under a British you, racing if, license, is more efficient well, for drivers. But even on that um, day that he got the podium, it was quite funny because first when he got onto the podium, they had the British flag and then it kind of just changed to the Australian flag. And I was like... Yeah. But fans, if you're trying to find some real British drivers, there is some British drivers with like like classic... Real like, British. British accent. Brit- British like men. Zach O'Sullivan. <laughs> Luke Browning is another one that's like... Ooh. Uh, Ollie Gray. Oh my gosh, Ollie Gray. Anyways, that's crazy. Oh. So you need. So that's your podium, right? Yeah. What's Jack your- doing? Okay, my podium. I'm not going delusional. I'll actually stay. I'll actually stay pretty reasonable. I'll go Jack Doan to win. I think Jack Doan can win. Um, Ayumi Iwasa to take P2. Actually, I haven't heard from oh, much yeah. from him, but he's been. But he's been pretty consistent actually. And um, Frederick Vesti, because why not? <laughs> I'm going to say Teo wins it on the sprint race. I think he gets a sprint race podium okay. and then okay. he wins it there. And then obviously like let Fred have his moment too. He just, yeah. 
Okay. He's just chilling. Okay. Katie, it's your time to shine. Take it away, Queen. <clears throat> it is now the most important time of the episode. The part that all you guys have been waiting 51 and a half minutes for. It is time for the drive of your life question. You take a lot of drives in your life, just as the F1 drivers do. But I'm going to ask you a question about a drive you might like to have with an F1 driver. Now, this one's kind of topical because I was thinking on my way home, what am I going to ask Tiana as our drive of my life question? Because these are always a surprise to her, right? And my question to you is, Tiana, picture this. You are driving five hours away. You're driving five hours away and you have intense, like, gastro. Like, you're vomiting all the time and you you think, oh, I'm going to vomit heaps on this. Who do you want to drive you? Okay, it's, it's a windy drive. It's up and okay. down. Who, who are you trusting to just get you there slowly but surely, just, just you know, smooth? We need someone who's a smooth driver. Yeah. Past okay. or present F one driver, give it to me now. Okay. Look. So my thinking is, it's got to be someone who's a dad. Obviously. Like I don't want some like like I love Lando Norris, but I don't think that he would do very well in those conditions. You know what I mean? Like he's still a child himself. So it has to be a dad. I'd. Uh, I always go Seb when it comes to like a dad because in my mind Seb is just Seb. But I'm wanting to go someone different. I don't know. I don't know. Who else is a dad? Oh, I don't know, maybe like Juan Pablo Montoya. <laughs> okay. No, not JPM. I was not, JPM. not expecting that. <laughs> One. I just pulled I that out of nowhere too. Um, no, I actually, maybe, oh, I actually don't know. Actually, you know, I'll just go with Seb because it's just like, maybe Checo either. Like maybe Checo as well. Like I just think. Yeah. Checo and he brings his wife and then we just go along, you know? Because like brings his wife is that important? You want you want yes. Carola there? Like, yes, I also want Carola there so that I know um, that I'm not I'm not gonna die. You know what I mean? He won't do anything to put his wife yeah, at I'm, risk. So you know, I'm I'm kind of thinking the same same as you, Dad. Mm-hmm. But what if what if we did? There's some dads down at Haas at the moment. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, that crossed my mind, but I was like, I don't really trust Nico Hulkenberg a lot, and I. Don't no, really want to say Kevin Magnuson. I don't really want to say Kevin Magnuson. K Mag would be okay. K Mag would a girl be okay. Dad. He's got girls. He is. He is. He has he a is. single girl. Only one. Yeah. Well, I see he's a girl dad. Girl. girl dad. Oh, even Frederick. Well, Frederick Vesti. Uh, not Frederick Vesti. Fred. Fred Vassor. Sorry, my mind is. But he wasn't. I don't know if he was a race car driver. He's a team principal. If this question was team principals, Fred Vassor would be my guy. Because the have you seen? Not team principal, sir. Oh, okay, he looks sorry. so chill. He is. Have you seen that video of him when he was at like Alfa Romeo and he had the water guns and he like starts like spraying yeah. Joe with the water gun? It's so funny to me. Yeah, it's so cute. Anyways, okay. it's been a long 54 minutes. We've talked about everything. Gosh, this is going to be a lovely thing to edit. So say your prayers, light your candles for me. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining Katie and I on our very long and extend and extended Vegas Grand Prix debrief and Abu Dhabi preview. Um, let us know your predictions for both the F1 and F2 in um, Abu Dhabi this weekend. We really hope you do enjoy the race. Stay safe. Katie, any final words for, from you? 
Thank you for all of the, all of the preparation you've done for this episode, Tiana. It was Always. an absolute honor to be back on the mic, and we cannot wait to bring you guys some consistent content over the F1 break. Um, we're going to be doing everything and everything, so um, it's going to be great. Um, but yeah, as Tiana said, it's been an absolute honor um, once again, and um, you guys enjoy a couple weeks. We'll be back very soon. We will be. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe and check out all of our socials in the description box. We love you. Stay safe and have a good race weekend.